What's up, everyone? This is Posh. I'm Pat. Um, you know, this is a very interesting after hours. Uh, we haven't done it yet, but I only know that it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, the world is in a very interesting place as we do this episode. Um, and we like to do these episodes uh, here and there because it gives our listeners and our community the opportunity to hear directly from us. Uh, as hosts of the show and you know at the end of the day our podcast is called the founder hour uh and with emphasis on the founder where we talk to individuals about their stories and their perspectives and uh you know when pat and i do these after hours we discuss relevant business topics and other issues and current events that you know have to do with business and entrepreneurship but sometimes you know when the world is in a position like it is now you know i think everything is relevant to business and entrepreneurship and how we view the world and what's happening um and you know there's a lot of heavy topics usually when we're putting these after hours topics together we struggle to figure out like what to talk about to make sure that we have fresh topics and fresh ideas and today i think we had to mostly cut back on the things that we talk about because we don't really like getting political uh on this show and i think we've done a good job of staying you know nonpartisan and you know giving our perspective but not really you know, advocating for one side or the other, but I think that this is a different time and we'll try to give our objective perspectives on things. So Pat, you know, it's a weird time, you know, it's a weird time. We yeah. obviously coronavirus um, has kind of gone on for the last three months. Uh, you know, we're still technically in a pandemic. Yeah. I think, I think most people were, like were hoping that that was the worst thing that happened. This <laughs> yeah. And now yeah. it's, yeah. getting even worse yeah it's getting even worse and then you know the murder of george george floyd um and the follow-up to that which is you know nationwide protests and the follow-up to that which is you know nationwide looting and riots uh and in between we had a little bit of things that happened that were semi-positive but they still weren't bright enough to cover the darkness uh but you know we'll start off with the dark stuff and you know have some real conversations and you know a lot of you may agree or disagree with us and we're totally okay with that and we want to hear from you and we're happy to highlight those stories as well and one thing that we've been doing this week is we've been highlighting stories of black founders and business leaders and entrepreneurs on our social media and uh you know thank you for those that sent us names and continue to do that but before we kind of you know start talking Pat, what are your thoughts on all this stuff? You know, let's start off with what happened with George Floyd in Minnesota. You know, everybody kind of knows what happened at this point. Yeah. But, you know, what's your perspective? Um, I saw the video like everyone else. Uh, it looks like every day there's like new angles and stuff coming out uh, that's showing what happened. Um, and I guess we're going to have to wait and see what the verdict is. But it's, it's pretty clear, like you know, that, that there's like a a few, several people involved in this murder. And, um, we don't, we, I don't know much else in terms of the motive and this and that it's, you know, it's something that they're going to have to figure out. And I think that he got charged with third degree murder. Is that right? Yeah. And now they want to see if it's actually first degree murder. Um, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, in terms of like, what's happening with the protesting and the rioting and the 
everything else. I mean, I don't know. It's like people have had it. It's like it's at a point where how many times is, is this going to have to happen uh, until like what's what what is it going to take for this not to happen again? You know, right? Um, I think that people have been protesting, whether it's in person or on you know on the internet for so long and every single time this ha- something like this happens where an innocent black person is killed whether it's police brutality or some random person think you know feeling threatened and killing an innocent person on the street uh nothing is changing so i think the protesting and all that stuff is 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 great you know is, is, that everyone's coming together and protesting for this but you know, we're seeing a lot of other stuff happening, which is like looting and businesses being destroyed. And um, that, I don't know how, I f- like that, I, I don't necessarily agree with. I don't think that it's the right way to protest um, a cause like this. Um, because the way I see it, it's like you're, if that's the city you live in, which it sounds like a lot of people that are doing this aren't even from those cities, which is even worse. But it's, it's like you're destroying like the people that are that have built that city essentially, that have like the, the the immigrants and the small business owners and people who have worked their ass off for so many years to build a business that is being destroyed overnight, and that's their whole like life. They can't get that back. I mean, who knows what kind of insurance coverage they have? Who knows? if any of that damage is, is, you know, they, they can repair any of that. I just, it sounds like a lot of people's lives are going to be destroyed after this. And that sucks because like they didn't do anything to deserve that, you know? And, and if that's the way we're trying to show that, you know, we've had it, then like, I wish, I just wish it, there, like there was another way that people could protest and 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 we're seeing a lot of that we're seeing a lot of these peaceful protests and 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 that's all great too but more more needs to be done i just don't think that looting is the answer i think that a lot of it has to do with who we decide to put in office right as voters um i just think it has to do with uh educating ourselves and you know becoming or whether it's us or the people that we decide to put in power that they're good people and they believe in justice and they believe in what's right and that's the way we're going to have to change things i mean it's 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 not going to be on the ground level destroying businesses it's right. going to be you know top, it's going to be from the top right you know a, l- a lot of good points there and i i agree with you and i think taking a step back real quick and taking it back to the george floyd um arrest and eventual death i think that you know it was obviously one of those moments that the world saw, right? A lot of times in the past where there was issues of police brutality and eventual death of, you know, black Americans, you didn't see the image. You didn't see the video, right? You believed it, but it wasn't as powerful, but as soon as you see that knee to the neck for nine minutes, right, you know something's wrong. It's more than just the police following orders and arresting. I mean, 
that pain, that pressure, that nine minutes of, you know, knee to knee to neck, it's, it was like hate, right? Yeah. There was like anger and you will never know what his motivation was. He's never going to tell you what his motivation was. He's never going to tell you that he's racist. Right. And, you know, having gone to law school and knowing a little bit about police procedures, that isn't police procedure right. to take knee to the neck. Right. And if someone is, and if the person is saying they can't breathe. Right. And you continue doing it. Right. Then. I think your intent is to kill them. Sure, at that point, for <laughs> sure, yeah. And I do think that he is going to be convicted of third-degree murder. First degree, I think, is going to be a little bit more difficult. There's a lot more to prove. Right. But regardless, I do think that, you know, the power of having it on video is, is why, like you said, we're seeing this being so, you know, widespread in terms of the protests and yeah. everything else that's followed. And I think it is justified. I think because that it's it no longer no longer you taking someone else's word for it of what happened. Exactly. You're seeing it for yourself. You're seeing it. And if you deny it, then I mean, I think you're blind. I mean, there's I mean, that that would be more so of a physiological problem as opposed to a mental one. But I think that what's interesting, and I think what we can discuss here is that for many years, I mean, decades, you know, since the end of slavery, frankly. You've seen black Americans organize and unite to, you know, fight for their rights, fight for justice, whether it was a civil rights movement, whether it's the black, you know, lives matter movement right now, you see these people coming together. And I think that it's very hard for people to challenge the status quo, right? It's, it's, it takes a rare person or rare people to actually stand up and say, what's happening isn't right and we must fix it. And at that point, it was Martin Luther King and many others that joined him in that fight. And they were successful in getting what they got. And I think that that wasn't the end. And I think justice is just an ongoing battle for all people. I mean, both of us are Armenians. It's an ongoing battle for us. Native Americans, it's an ongoing battle for them. Latinos and all other immigrants. I mean, there's ongoing battles of justice. I mean, it never ends. And I think that if you ever agree that justice ends, you are racist. You are discriminatory. You really are. So... In this case, you know, and I think that I want to have an open conversation and I, I'm open to criticism from other people. I do think that this movement is justified 100%. But I do think that what this movement lacks is a leader. I think that right now, as a result of being in the social media age, everyone thinks they're a leader. Everyone thinks they're a journalist. Everyone thinks that their opinion is the right opinion. And it might be. And you're justified to it. However... All good movements need a leader or certain leaders for certain things, whether it's the grassroots leaders, whether it's the leaders that are strategizing on the back end, whether it's the leaders that are out there, you know, lobbying for policy change, whether it's the leaders that are running for office, right? We need more of those. And not only from the black community, you need that from other communities. You need Latinos and Indians and Armenians and, you know, everything in between LGBT to stand up for those similar rights because it's not just a battle against one group of people it's a battle against everybody that that we're fighting now and yes in this case it is about police brutality but it's more than that and so this this whole movement is complex and yes you know these social media posts and these blackouts and all that stuff it's fine but it's not enough it really isn't it's it's more than just showing oh okay we're in solidarity with you fuck that dude it, it's the same thing as prayers and thoughts same thing Thoughts and prayers, you don't even know if they do it or they think it. At least with solidarity on social media, you see that they've done it or they're doing something. But it's more than that. Tomorrow, if we forget that this is happening, next week, if we're like, oh, okay, this is done, 
That's it. It goes back to square one. So there needs to be, like you said, policy change. There needs to be people change. And I think that's going to take time. And I think there has been progress. You know, I, I remember I took a class in law school. It was about civil rights litigation, if I'm not mistaken. And it was an African-American professor. And I was probably the only person in that class was like that was slightly moderate. Everybody else was very liberal. And so it was interesting because I learned a lot. And I think they learned a lot from me. Um, and I think we all agreed that there has been progress, right? And I think that that's important to remember. Because some people are just posting stuff now and they have no background about anything. But I think that what we need to all do is educate ourselves. Um, and, and that means talking to people uh, who are black, talking to people that have suffered, talking to people that are fighting the fight, and talking to those that you know do disagree with this, that are racist, and trying to figure out why, right? It's important. We always talk about on this show, we talk about the why, the purpose. I think that it's important for us to talk about the why here. Um, and Pat and I don't have the answers, frankly. I think all we have to do is just constantly educate ourselves and constantly highlight these folks. And I think through the platform that we've created, uh, you know, here with the Founder Hour, we need to share more of these stories. Um, and we need to do a better job of proactively seeking these stories, right? I think if you sit back and wait for things to happen, they never will. That applies to business, that applies to relationships, that applies to political movements. You can't be just reactive, you, ha- you can't be passive-aggressive. You can't be passive. You have to be aggressive. You have to be proactive. So that's a lesson that I think applies to this movement. It's a lesson that applies to business. And it's tough. I mean, it, we're living in such weird times. And I think, you know, the pandemic, you know, did attribute to the unrest right now. Uh, I think that, again, the unrest is justified. But I think that it's amplified by the pandemic and the quarantine and unemployment and people being out of work and out of money uh, and, l- and losing their health. So, you know, we could probably sit down and talk about this for 24 hours. Yeah. Um, and maybe we should at one point, but I think it's more important for us, you know, you and I to use our platform and do other things and highlight stories as opposed to complain yeah. and do other things. Right? Um, to your point on like the leader, like, you know, you know, these things, having a leader, as much as this is a movement, it's it's also just the right way to live, like right thing to do. And I feel like it shouldn't necessarily be about, you know, we've seen these types of movements in the past where there is a, you know, a leader and, and oftentimes it could turn into a negative thing where it's sort of like a cult-like thing where then there it becomes a little more politicized and then there's an opposition right. and all that stuff. There it, There should not be any thing like that there should not be any opposition to right. to something like this this is a matter of right versus wrong so i feel like you know just like the black community just like the armenian community just like any other community there are voices and everyone should stand up for what's right i think that something like this needs a lot more non black people like white people and other races to step up for for what's right you know and 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 show that not just say it say it but show it show it in the workplace show it in their in their homes in their family life like stand up for what's right everyone should be a leader i think you know it's like it's not about one person like you know going back to i think like something like the civil rights movement needed a leader because it was it was like they were going against the what the law was at the time and they were trying to reform in this case this is like a moral thing it's not so much trying to change the law it's like right. don't be racist right <laughs> but see 
I agree with you. That's a very good point. Um, but even then, I think there was a couple of videos on online of the community, both the black and non-black community need to plan and strategize, right? And that takes a leader, right? You know, you can have all these voices and you want all these voices, yeah. but even in a workplace, right? You need somebody to be like bringing those people together or, you know, having an agenda or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Right. I agree. Once you're past the planning, strategizing stage, you're in the execution stage, you're in let's get it done stage. You are in the grassroots stage. hundred percent. You need those leaders. But if you want to have a successful awareness campaign, even, which is what this is and an obvious one at that, which is like, we can't believe we're even doing this. Right. Cause from the black perspective, they're thinking, how the fuck are we even at this point where we have to tell people not to be racist, right? Like it should yeah. be blatantly obvious. And yes, there has been progress. There are diversity inclusion measures in companies and government, and there are organizations that actively work on that. And I think that should amplify. But to your point, I think once this awareness campaign reaches the masses, and I think it's doing a great job at that, it does come down to the business owners. It does come down to voting to say, I am actively going to pursue to have diversity in my workplace. And number one, sorry, and, and, and that what that does is it not only satisfies the fact that you have met this diversity requirement, quote unquote, it allows you to be a better company. Right. Because now you could serve more people. Exactly. What I'm saying is like, I get your point about, you know, there has to be some sort of or, or organized, you know, thing. And I, and I understand that because otherwise everyone's sort of all over the place. But in a, in a situation like this, I don't think that there are so many different avenues you can go. It's just one avenue is like racism is wrong. Don't be racist. Don't discriminate. Everyone is equal. You know, doesn't matter what your skin color is or where you're from or what language you speak or if you have an accent and how you look like none of that shit matters. We're all human beings. So the way that I think that you could step up and show it is, is by educating yourself is by going out there and, and doing something, whether it's starting a business and trying to make the world a better place and using your voice, you know, all throughout it, whether it's going into politics, um, whether it's, you know, supporting someone who's going into politics that you believe is the right person, like all that stuff, like go out there and do that. Don't, don't, don't sit around and expect things to change because, oh, they are more qualified, more smarter, more, uh, you know, more louder or whatever people than me out there that are, right. that are doing this. So I'm, I'm just going to sit back like, no, that, that's not the way it works. The movement is going out there and getting the people who are not supposed to be in these positions, getting the racists, getting the bigots, getting all these people out of their seats and putting in the right people. That's the way you change things. And that's the movement. Like there is no, there doesn't, I don't think someone has to come and say, all right, guys, to, like, this is what we're doing step by step. Like no one wants to be told what to do like no one should be told what to do in this in this in this type of right. situation right but you know you bring up the fact you know just don't be racist right yeah. it's easier said than done for a lot of people right yeah. how do you not be racist and i know there's books out there there's articles out there all that kind of stuff there's leaders out there talking about it but there's a lot of people that this isn't on the forefront of their daily lives. They're not thinking actively, how do we actively not be racist, right? When it comes down to candidates, they're thinking at a job, they're thinking, okay, we're going to go with the more qualified one. They're not thinking, well, how does diversity affect and impact positively my company's success and growth, right? Yeah. Small things like that, which make a massive difference. So yes, it is the obvious thing to do. It is the moral thing to be not racist, but we I mean, you have to call it speed well, to speed. I mean, this yeah. country was literally 
we we had slaves yeah. and we condemned slavery but there are people still out there in counties and in, in states around the country that still believe that blacks are less than them because they look different because right. their ancestors were different it wasn't that long ago when black people were allowed to vote in this country and, and exactly and equal opportunity all that stuff so like the white people in this country that were have been here for generations and generations um and have had these rights are are have had the uh, opportunities and the ability to establish themselves in right. these places. So if we're talking about qualifications of what it, when it comes to hiring, like, well, that's where we need to to really invest in is is, is educating everybody, 100%. not just black people, everyone in this country, yeah. to have that same opportunity. So when a, an employer is looking at you know a, a five candidates, that it has nothing to do with, like, yeah, yes, I believe that companies should be mindful of you know diversity in the workplace, but I want to see come to a place where like you don't even have to do that. You're just going. Everyone is able to have the same opportunity. It's mm-hmm. just, I know that that's that's hard to do. It's really hard to but do. That, and you know, it, so that's like uh, the, that's the goal, right? Like to make the, what you just said is the goal. But things that need to change is you know things such as affirmative action that already exists, right? To allow people that are disadvantaged to yeah. have an, to have that opportunity, right? So we need more of those types of policies and programs that call for that, right? It's come to the point that it's going to be a generational shift, I think. I think that, you know, when you see, I'm not going to generalize, but the older generations do have a different perspective. And it's much harder to change their minds, not only on these issues, but every other political issue or every other social issue, or frankly, even every other economic issue that comes up. People have their points of views and they stick to it. Yes, they can change their minds, but it is much harder to change somebody's mind when they're older than it is when they are younger. You know, I'm not going to simplify this issue, but one thing that I really believe in is, you know, when you're a young kid, you're growing up and you have gay friends, you have black friends, you have Asian friends, you have friends of all sorts of different colors and backgrounds and socioeconomic classes. When you're exposed, you know, you always talk about exposure of different businesses and industries. When you as a kid, as a baby, whatever, are exposed to all these different things and that's normal for you, as you grow up, it's not even a thought in your mind, right? You're already like, oh, yeah, I remember having a black friend. I remember having a gay friend. I remember playing video games with this Asian kid and with this, you know, Armenian kid or whatever. It's normal for you. Yeah. So you are automatically not wired to be racist. I mean, you were never born racist, but now you understand that, oh, I'm just like any other person. Like this kid played video games with me. This kid ate food with me. We went running and playing basketball with this person. So... I think what we need to do is we need to educate folks now to educate the next generation. Right. Right. It is a matter of time. And it's also funny, like we are Armenian and a lot of, I've noticed like not just Armenians, but um, like a lot of people who've immigrated here from other countries, they are racist. Like a lot of them are racist too, because yeah, they, not they, more. They, 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 they had never met anyone no. that's not like, right. their same race or they're their, their, their same their uh, ethnicity. They're a product of their environment. And, 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 and I mean, I'm to blame too. Like I went to an Armenian school my entire life until like eighth grade until I was like 14. I was never friends with people that were not even Armenian yeah. until like early high school. So, you know, you'd change. I was able to change my mind on a lot of topics and growing up in an immigrant family and them having set views of already of 
the world and politics and the economy, you almost ascribe to that automatically until you are at a position where you're educated and exposed to then be able to change your mind. I think the issue is, number one, we need to make sure that people have the equal and equitable opportunities of education and of work and everything else, which, you know, we have done a good job at that. But at the same time, we need to have people be able to change their minds and it should be okay for you to say, you know what? I was racist. You know, I didn't understand, but I was wrong and now I do. And I sympathize with you. I don't understand where you're coming from. I, well, I, I understand where you're coming from, but I don't feel it. I've never felt it. I'll never be able to feel it. And that's okay. But I want to support you in doing what you want to do. And I want to support you being equal because you are. I mean, you are equal. There's no, you should be. You are. I mean, like, no, there's no equality board here that's like oh you're not equal you're equal you're not equal you're not equal right so you're right i mean it's just a systemic change that needs to take place and it, it is going to take a little bit of time but i think that the battle shouldn't stop and this is one of the bigger wars that i think we're fighting and um and it seems like it is working i think it is different than what i've seen in the last you know 28 years that i've been alive uh maybe rodney king riots i think that was right around when we were born so i don't really remember what those were like and what that looked like uh but yeah you know to your other point i don't i don't think violence is ever the answer i think that education is the answer i think that awareness is the answer i think by being violent and looting and rioting yeah we are only well, the same way they're like you know if we're talking about police brutality like the same way there are not not every police officer is racist and right. uh violent and brutal when it comes to a situation like this it's the, op it's the opposite is true too you know like there are a lot of there are more peaceful protesters than not for sure but it's the it's the violent ones it's the ones that are looting and taking advantage of the situation right. that are ruining it for everybody but that's what overshadows it right because right the media well that's because the media is covering exactly that. because it's more entertaining to cover people burning things down than it is to cover peaceful protesters that are walking with signs and yelling and asking for change right it's not sexy for them. But I mean, that goes back to a systemic problem that we have as a country yeah. and as a nation to cover the things that are like sensational, the things that are going to be like, oh man, they're going to anger us. They're going right. to rile us up. Right. I'm not going to get angry at people. Because this protesters. is going to lead to more um, unrest. Yeah. Because exactly. like I was, we were talking about it offline. Like I think the, the right thing to do for the media is, is to like literally show bo both like, like a dual screen of like one side is... The protesters peacefully protesting and the police officers protesting with them, like standing right. with them, uh, protecting them because that's their right. right. And then on the other screen, if someone is breaking windows and going in and stealing and all that kind of stuff, take take action. I mean, the police yep. should go and show, like, arrest them, tackle them down, arrest right. them, take them, take them to jail and show that, that that's wrong, but this is right and right. we support this and we don't support that. Right. I mean, show that, that distinction. And I think that if they're only showing these looters and you know it, it's tied to you know the protesters and the cops are acting not violently but like they're 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 uh trying to stop them from looting and like arrest them and all that stuff then more people more and more people are gonna be like oh look the, the it's police brutality again and they're not you know this is their right and they're you know they're not allowing people to express you know their right and this and that it's like well the media, the media isn't showing both sides, Absolutely. and there, and that's that's what that's going to happen. We need, and I think you know, the great thing about I think the 2020s and the generation that we're living in is, you know, 
with things such as podcasting, with things such as content creation and everybody being able to create that sort of content, you now have almost an opposition to this. I don't want to call them necessarily fake news media, although there are some fake news media, but poorly done media at times. There are voices like ours that have this platform now to share what we think. And there's millions of people like us online and on audio and on video that can do that. And I think that that's going to be more prevalent as time goes on. I think that the truth and objectivity in the news coverage will increase um, because there's going to be people that are on the ground seeing what's happening. Everybody has a phone now. Back then, that wasn't the case. Back then, we couldn't record everything. And so we would trust whatever the media would tell us. That isn't the case anymore. And I think we're going to see a big shift in news. I think that in the 2020s, we're going to see mega companies like the Facebooks and Twitters of the world, but not those two, um, become huge companies and become massive news companies and take over what currently exists. And I think that there is a lot of opportunity there. Well, for it just needs to be decentralized is, is what it is. And if, as long as those companies allow for that, that's why I think... Those the, companies will eventually cease to exist, in my opinion. Yeah, because they're, they're, they're not decentralized. They're, they're, they, they're still in control. Yep. And yep. as long as there's one entity that's a money-making entity yep. in control, then you still have someone who has power or over yep. the narrative. Yep. Right? And, and I think that's the big argument mm-hmm. right now with these big tech companies. Yep. Big tech companies and also just big politicians and big people. Like, take yeah. a look at Donald Trump and then the other side, take a look at George Soros. You get these ultra billionaires who have platforms, who have a voice. Trump has like 80 million Twitter followers. There are people that believe what he says, you know, and we don't have to go into the politics of it, but because they were able to buy their way to whatever the top was, right? they have power. People need to realize that these social media platforms are, are pay to play. Yep. And the people with the money are going to be the ones that are you know more, more, most people are seeing what they have to say right it's not going to be you sitting at home and putting out a tweet i mean it could be it's just like it's like it's not it's no surprise that a lot of these narratives are what you know like i i do believe that there's a lot of like the, like both sides are, are spending a lot of money to push a narrative that um is true for them but could not be you know it's like not a it's not right. a universal truth right. so um people need people just need to be careful what they consume is right. what it is i mean I, especially the older generation, <laughs> you know, yeah, the, it's the like it's like what you see on social media. It's like you're used to believing what the news has, right. has to say and, and trusting that they're telling you the truth, but yeah. that's just not the case, especially with social media and and how far technology is advanced with deep fakes right. and all this stuff. Like, got to be careful. And look to the credit of the older generation and you know our parents' generation and above, um, they have seen some of these cycles, right? They've seen the cycle of protests and rioting. They've seen civil unrest and health issues, maybe not at the level of the pandemic, but they've had experience with this stuff, right? With politics and political leaders. We just by time alone have not. So yes, we do have a perspective, but I also think that they have a perspective that we should listen to based on historical context that they have. And so, yes, there are a lot of conspiracy theorists out there based on the things they've seen, but I think there is some sort of value. I think the truth is somewhere in the middle, right? It's always the case. Like, you know, you have an opinion, I have an opinion. It could be completely different, but the truth is somewhere in the middle. Um, And I think the important thing is, like you mentioned, dissecting that and trying to make a judgment for yourself. Um, But at the end of the day, you know, I don't condone violence at any level, at any level. I don't care what the reason is. You know, some friends of mine have been saying that there's been no 
um, justice without violence. I don't agree with that. You know, it, it there is truth to that. There have been wars fought, and as a result, there has been some sort of resolution. But I don't think that that's the best way to go about it. You know, I do ascribe a little bit more to uh, the diplomatic way of doing things. And that doesn't mean you can't get into arguments and you can't have heated debates and you could do all those things. But I don't have to kill you to get my way. And I don't have to hurt your business and hurt your property to get my way. That just is a sign of weakness. That means that you don't have the ability to make a strong argument and get people on your side to actually convene and agree with you and persuade other people. I do not condone that. And I think that, if anything, it's overshadowing the efforts, the good efforts that are being done yeah. and the protesters that are out there. Not actually just overshadowing, it's 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 hurting those efforts. Like, I, mean, I think it's like making the peaceful, pe- people who are peacefully protesting look bad to a lot of people. Yeah. Not not everybody, but to a lot of people who are, are maybe the same people that consume the news on social media and believe everything they see are right. seeing this and they're believing that, oh, you know, this is this is how what, what's going to happen every single time, you know, a black person's killed in this country or this and that, and like now they're like they're associating all this stuff with that, and it's not so, really you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, so it, it's just it just exacerbates the uh, the narrative that exists now, which is not the right one, right? Yeah. Which is like, oh look, you know, they're asking for this, mm-hmm. but but if you watch the news or you watch the video and pictures, you don't see a lot of these peaceful black protesters looting. Right, mm-hmm. no. It's quite the opposite. It's those that are opportunists that are going into these stores and stealing shit and walking out, and they're not even from here. They're, I mean, right. I don't know how many percent are not from here and who's from here, but I, I saw a stat that ninety-eight percent of <laughs> people that were arrested in Santa Monica the other night were not from Santa Monica. I mean, I, I don't know how true it. that is. I don't but, know how true it is either, but I yeah. believe that it's higher than those that are from there. Right. You know, so you have those bad, which apples. shows that they have ulterior motives. I mean, absolutely. whoever's doing that, absolutely. And I think one thing to keep in mind, and some people will disagree with me here, is I 100,000% condemn police brutality on every level. But every cop isn't like that. I know cops personally that have been in my family and family friends that are cops. And if anything, they are bigger supporters and bigger proponents of ending police brutality because it makes them look bad, right? right? Same in the legal profession, same in the medical profession. When there's a bad doctor out there, it hurts all the other good doctors. It hurts their reputation because you're like, oh, they're all like that. Right. No, they're not all like that. Those guys and those women are actively fighting with you, right? Yeah. You might not see because the media is not covering that, but they're out there. You know, Like you said, there are people walking with these protesters. Right. Those are the voices that we should amplify. Yeah. Those are the leaders that I'm talking about. I want those people to be part of those movements and saying, look, that dude, that cop that sat on his knee, that dude's a bad motherfucker. We, we should punish that person to the full extent of the law. But there's 99.9% of us that hate that guy. We hate that what, what he did. He makes us look evil, but we're not. They're yeah. not their family members. They're, those guys are husbands and wives and parents and grandfathers. They're good people. Yeah, right? yeah. and I don't think it's, I think it's absolutely wrong to generalize, even when it, when it comes to cops. I think the thing about police is that there are a lot of police officers that became police officers because they were either bullied or like they just didn't have a good childhood right and it's a it's a it's a level of power that they achieve by becoming a police officer that right. they can then take out on other people sure. now a lot of those people also happen to be 
or like, I don't want to say a lot here to generalize, but like several of those people or some of those people also happen to be racist. So then that taking out their anger on people right. happens to be directed towards black people. Yep. And there you have it, you know? Yep. So I, I, I don't know how this country can, uh, can like, mo- like, like screen for the, the police officers. Racist cops. Yeah. Racist cops, but also cops who are cops for other reasons than to serve and protect. And I think that you there know? are, you know, barrier century. There's a lot. I mean, I know people that have yeah. tried to take the tests and whatever tens of times and they get rejected. It makes the police departments look bad to have those people yeah. because you lose trust in them, right? And when you lose trust in your police, you now start to feel unsafe and you start to feel like your government has failed you. And it's never a good thing. I mean, you want to work with these people. I mean, like, I have actively made an effort in my life to, like, when I see a cop, say hello to them, be be friendly with them. When I walk and I see a cop just patrolling, I try to make an effort, how are you? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, they're just like me. They just have a different job. And I want them to protect me when the time comes, right? And I'm a little biased. I do have family members that were cops and sheriffs, et cetera, et cetera. Those that have been hurt, you know, and have been killed, in fact. But at the end of the day, they're not physically going out there every day and risking their lives to be in these situations to then go and kill people. Yes, there are the few that have ulterior motives. I don't know how you screen those people. I think they do a good enough job to begin with, or else we would be seeing this on a daily, minutely basis. Mm. And maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we do. Maybe it is out there. But I think we would hear more about it in this day and age if that was the case. So I just think that as time goes on, we are going to see progress. I think Will Smith, I mean, I love there's this video out there. I think he was on the Jimmy Kimmel or the Jimmy Fallon show. I don't remember. I think Jimmy Fallon. And it was, it was I think, the first guest. He was the first guest on that show. And he said that, racism has always existed we just see it more and as a result we think it's getting worse but it's not that we have progressed the fact that we can openly have these conversations the fact that we have the best actors and the best musicians and the best athletes in the world that have a platform to share their stories that's progress i'm not saying it's enough but it's progress and i'm not saying that we should stop there which should continue we should expand on that but we need to also say you know what they did a good job there. We did a good job here. Let's keep building. Let's support these people because we do follow them. You know, we look up to artists. We look up to athletes. We look up to actors. These are the people that have almost defined culture, right? Yeah. So how is it that you could stand for that but not stand for something else? So, right. you know, I don't know. I mean, it, it it does anger me because it is so obvious. Yeah, it's like, yeah, and and that's the argument too is like, you consume the music, you consume the movies, you consume the clothing, you consume everything, but then you turn around and and you know are are racist, right. or or you you know you when it comes down to you know giving when it comes down to like opportunity, you right. you don't provide equal opportunity, like right. that's that's definitely true. Yeah, that's definitely true, and 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 I don't know. I I, I think that. I think that, like you said, like we we have seen a lot of progress, but I think, you know, as as these things happen, um, as more and more people understand the severity of it, yeah. Um, well, I mean, that's I, I'm 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 normally like very optimistic, <laughs> right, when it comes to things, yeah. and I and I am very optimistic about this situation too. Right. Like I think that whether it's 
what's happening with you know with the protests and also coronavirus and all this stuff like i think like 2020 is just this dark point in history that will never be forgotten but i think it's also a turning point right. for a lot of things and i'm and, and i am excited to see what's going to happen in the future but the only way it's going to get better is if we do better you know as if as a people we choose to do the right thing is is we choose to educate ourselves as we choose to go out there and actually put our foot forward and try to change the world in whatever we're doing it doesn't matter who you are and what you do like you have the power to influence somebody else you have the power to drive some sort of change if it's a small change if it's a big change big changes are usually a culmination of a bunch of small changes right, right? like you can't just go out there and be like all right no. I, I i'm changing this policy and what like no you know how much work it yeah. takes so you have to like day by day you know have that purpose and 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 no matter what you're doing like you could be trying to create the most badass couch pillow in the world right but in that process throughout that journey like you could also do a lot of things whether it's the people you hire and right. it's the messages that you put out and it's the content you put out and all that stuff to stand for what's right and so you don't have to be like a political activist or anything like that to to right. have your voice heard so i don't know yeah That's, and i think look i think that 2020 is going to be the transitionary year i think that you know you always hear things that are going to get worse before they get better right um and but then on the flip side you also you know you hear calm before the storm in my opinion it's the storm before the calm right now right yeah um and i think it is necessary i think that shit did hit the fan because it was supposed to um it's almost like a rubber band right like if you keep pulling on it from both sides eventually it's going to break and i think that what's happened in this country is you've seen this pull from both ends from the right and the left of the rubber band one going ultra right one going ultra left what happens is eventually it breaks and now you're left with chaos you're left with all these pieces you're left with this fucking rubber band going all over the place okay so now we have to manufacture a new rubber band we're not going to glue that old rubber band back it's not going to happen i mean if, if it's broken that's it it's done we have to manufacture a new one. So in this case, I think in the next decade, 15, 20 years even, you were, we're going to start seeing a new America, right? And it's going to be funny because when we become parents and our kids are studying social studies and history or whatever, I can't wait to like read this chapter, right? Like, or even, I mean, this whole fucking book, frankly, on the things that led to the new America, to the, to the, to the more United States of America, truly, because I don't think we've ever been the United States of America. I think we've just been the States of America. But I think that all these things that are happening, I mean, we're a young country. I mean, we're still young, 200 something years old. I mean, it's fucking tough to build a country. So I think that as things go on, we're going to see us becoming a better country. And we're a country made up of every race, ethnicity, yeah. nationality you can imagine. Like, it's tough. It's out there. Like not every, I can't think of another country that's quite like this. No, I mean, I don't think there is. There isn't. So like th th this is something that is unprecedented. Yeah. Like it's not some sort of, nothing that the country can look to and be like, oh, we can model after that. No. It's like, we have to figure this out as a people now before, before shit really hits yeah. the fan, like before it's too late. And I think you're right. Like I totally think that we're going to see new America from a political standpoint because politics, like a lot of these issues are not political issues no they're just not but it's becoming it's being made out to be because of 
for whatever reason, like, you know, certain people, uh, you know, tie this to some sort of political thing or that it's just not a political it's thing, not. you know, but in terms of politics, like we are seeing, like, it's just a radical, it's a radical era right now, yep. like on both sides, you yep. know, there's radicals on both sides. And, and I think that our generation is, is moving a little bit more or, or moving a little bit more, hopefully to the middle, but at that at the same time like we can't just be like there we have to stand for something it just can't be like oh we we think that right. you know this or that i i don't i don't know what's going to happen but i think that i i have a feeling that there's going to be some massive massive reform on both sides right. like something has to change well you know back in the 60s you had the civil war right but i don't think we're going to have a physical war here in the united states anymore like internally I think you're going to have a type of warfare. I think you're seeing it right now. Yeah. Um, but it's not going to be a physical war where we literally kill each other and you have the Confederates and you have, you know, I forgot the other side. Was it the Union? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting. You know, I mean, that was definitely my favorite chapter in history, you know, was reading all those things because it, it's just, it goes to the genius of the founding fathers. I mean, like, think about it. These p group of people literally came together and founded a country. You know, we talked to founders of companies. Yeah. These motherfuckers founded a country yeah. and they knew and they put almost like these pieces into place and they put these rules and these stoppers of things you can and can't do. And a part of the language was we're going to aim to create a more perfect union. It wasn't we're going to create a perfect union, right? We are aiming to do that. We are striving to create a more perfect union because it's never going to be perfect. So you have all these imperfections, and I think that's what makes America so amazing and so different than other countries is, yes, we have struggles, but it doesn't go in vain. Those struggles lead to success, and it's very hard to tell to, for anyone to not admit and deny that the struggles that blacks faced during slavery and during the civil rights movement were in vain. It led to something, right? It led to change, positive change. And there is a constant struggle and there's going to be constant struggle. But, and as things succeed, there's going to be other struggles that are built on those successes. So it's a, just a constant effort. And I think it just makes our lives more interesting. I think that if we did live in a utopian, perfect union, we'd be bored as fuck. I mean, you want challenges. Yes, you don't want blatant racism, but you want these challenges to create a better union to create a better country you want to have these conversations and i think now more than ever we are having these conversations we're not limited i think we are exercising our free speech now more than ever and in the past yes you were punished for that even though it was a constitutional right now you have a completely different perspective and i mean i, I am optimistic frankly if not even more optimistic because you see everyone coming together now, yes, there's going to be people that are left out and they're going to be like, you know, fuck that. We don't agree with you. Whatever. That's great. Do your own thing. But there are going to be a lot of people and you are seeing unity. You watch TV, you watch the news, whatever. You watch the internet. Like you said, you see more than just black people. You see cops. You see white people, Latinos, LGBT coming together. I mean, that is amazing. That's It's like unprecedented stuff. You wouldn't have seen that before. Yeah. So, you know. I think you're going to just have a lot more opportunity coming back to the founder hour. I think we're going to see a lot more businesses, a lot more businesses coming out of this uh, political and social unrest. I think it's been such interesting times. And frankly, I'm glad that we started this show when we did two and a half years ago and built this platform because I think now we are just in a way better position to share these stories and 
we talk to so many different people that have different perspectives and we could just do more and do better. And I'll be the first to admit, I used to be of that crowd that used to say, well, all lives matter. It's not just that black lives that matter. And then, you know, as I started talking to black friends of mine and black classmates and people that were different than me, you understand why it's black lives matter and not all lives matter. Or you see like blue lives matter. Yes. All lives do matter. Yes, they do. But when it comes to this issue, black lives do matter and they should be highlighted because of the blatant discrimination, the blatant violence against them. So I have to be a work in progress. I have been, but I'm not there yet. Like you have to actively not only be race, not racist, you have to be anti-racist. And that's something I'm learning. You know, these are things that I can't admit that I've known. Like I have to be actively better at it. And Everyone does. I don't think anybody could be like, I'm not racist. You need to actively be not racist and anti-racist. So, and I think it starts off with your friends. You have to tell your friends not to be racist. Friends and family. Yeah. Friends and family, right? So you can't control everybody else, but you have to control those that you can. Not control, but persuade and, you know, communicate. Um, and that's the least you could do. Yeah. It's really hard. I mean, I've seen, I've seen stuff on Twitter where like families have been torn apart over this where yep. they don't see eye to eye on on this this on rate on racism you know and 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 that's just the the hard truth of it it's like are you going to stand up for what you believe in or are you going to are you going to be confined to your bubble and and right. have other people shape what you think you know it's like yeah. are you going to be your own person or are you going to be uh influenced by others whether right. they're you know and, and and that is the hard part is like they could be the people that are closest to you but mm -hmm. you i think that you have to do what you have to do yep. you know otherwise there's there's nothing's going to change yep. it's just going to keep going on and on um yep. so i don't know where see. we are with time but do we want to discuss a couple 40, more topics 49 minutes yeah, we got a couple more topics in us sure um well one thing i guess you know a little bit on the bright side of stuff but i think that we want to get the serious issues um uh, out there first uh and for those that are still listening thank you and you know we do want to hear your perspective and your opinions and if you disagree with us please you know let us know put it out there you know this is a public podcast and you know this is an open podcast and you know everybody has access to listen to it for free so you know we're, we're we encourage you to yeah share we don't thoughts. have all the answers and we are the first to uh say that this is one perspective of things yeah. and there are millions of perspectives yep. so um, and we encourage you to we, honestly we start a podcast. What everyone is thinking, yeah. <laughs> start a podcast, write about it, go on social media, like talk about it. Like people follow people, right? When a company puts something out there, they're a group of people that can, you know, that are part of the company, but the company is different, right? Listen to your fellow people, like listen to your peers and actively be engaged with them. Well, a couple of days ago, we had the, or a few days ago now, we had that NASA SpaceX launch. Um, Elon Musk, you know, is just doing big things again. Crazy. Um, you know, I was nervous when we first watched it, and then I think they ended up canceling it because of the weather. And then on Saturday, I believe, you know, we had that eventual launch. And, you know, I'll be the first to admit, I mean, I was geeking out about it. Same. I was nervous as shit. I mean, like, my heart was literally beating because I remember... Uh, back in 2000, I want to say 2003 11. or 2006. Oh, the last one was 2011, I think. 2011 was the last human exploration, I believe. But yeah. I remember when Columbia crashed. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
when it was back into when it first broke atmosphere and was headed back to texas i remember watching that landing and i remember it blowing up and yeah. it was obviously a very terrifying moment and extremely you know extremely sad and so every time i watched that damn rocket that's all i could think about um and you know luckily things went well but it gave me this like glimmer of hope right and yes there's all these conspiracies that they're not actually in space and nothing actually happened i don't give a fuck um but when i was watching that i was thinking wow <laughs> you know like there's this fucking guy yeah. that had this crazy ass dream and whatever he did he never took no for an answer and he made it happen and you have these two astronauts now that are in my opinion i believe they're well i think you said it best but i want to like elaborate on that is like he had this crazy dream and he made it happen by putting together just a brilliant team of people who were able to execute it in such a short i mean that's it's not that long ago how long was it like 10 years when he started spacex i want to get this right but whether or not it was 10 years or even 15 or 20 years, that's impressive as fuck to be able to launch that rocket like in that amount of time. I mean, for a startup, like that's insane. And then to work with NASA basically to launch it. Yeah. I mean, it was the first time a private company was in partnership with NASA, a government organization. The SpaceX was founded in 2002. 18 years. 18 years. I don't know, man. I mean, that's not, that's no joke. Mm. Um, but what I'm trying to say is like, that's how important it is to have a strong mission and have something that people can really believe in. Right. Yep. Like this guy had a vision, but he didn't just like go out there and like, I mean, you have to be very damn focused to be able to do what SpaceX is doing. Like you yep. have to be like, completely i mean again like your startup that's coming out of nowhere in 2002 and like you know how many years has nasa been around and all this stuff like yeah, boeing yep. um you know they're they're taking market share away from boeing like yep. boeing's a historical company like how long has boeing been around i don't know man it's just so amazing to watch that and i mean like and then i watched you know when they were you know docking and there was like live footage of that and just the whole process and you see this like international space station and you see two russians there and an american that was already there uh and then you see these two americans coming on board and it's just like it's fascinating right it's almost like it takes you back to your days as a kid where like you had all these fantasies but now you saw these fantasies come to life it, it almost reminded me a little bit of walt disney where he had this fucking crazy yeah. mind and just brought it to life and, you know, you, you had recommended that book, Innovation Stack, to me, which I started reading and will be sitting down with the founder and also the author of that soon. Um, but it just goes to show you that if you have this, like, dream of building something up or you can envision something in your mind, you can put it together. It's hard. I mean, it's not easy at all. At all. I mean, what Elon Musk did with Tesla and SpaceX, mostly SpaceX, I guess, is, like, both impossible. I mean, in the next five years, we're going to see like probably like three out of five cars be a Probably, yeah. More. Probably. So, I mean, it was just impressive to me and it just gave me hope. And, you know, you with all these times that we have going with the coronavirus and with the social civil unrest and racism almost, you know, trying to implode. And you saw this like little bit of hope that like with all the shit that's going on, look at what the human race can do. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I will never bet against the human race. I will bet against institutions. I will bet against bureaucracy. I will bet against a bunch of different things. 
but I will never bet against human beings, whether it comes to human beings able to you know, solve this coronavirus crisis, whether it comes to human beings advocating for equality and equity, whatever it is, I will never doubt human beings because they got us to this point. Yes, you know, there are higher powers that have guided us and have got us there, and there's a whole religion issue, but... At the end of the day, I think human beings, when they come together, they do fucking incredible things. And so I think that people should view that as something that was hopeful, that was bright. And, you know, I don't, I don't, the mission is still a little bit unclear to me. I think they're just trying to create a pathway for human exploration in space. Yeah, that's the long term goal. Um, I think for Elon Musk has always been to um, get it to a point where it's um, uh, affordable for for humans to go into space. Like, and explore and, yeah. and and have that be like an, right. an option um and also like to colonize mars and would you do it would you go to space would i go to space uh not now <laughs> but i mean i i'm trying to imagine what it would look like once it is fully uh ready to be deployed for well let's assume it's fully ready to be deployed i would love to man you don't, you wouldn't like you wouldn't be scared shitless like that. Of course might I be would the last be. Of, of course life. I would be. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna be. A, I'm not gonna be a pioneer or early adopter by any <laughs> means in this case. But uh, once once it's like safe and once like there's enough yeah. of a sample size to determine <laughs> that this you know that we're okay. Yeah. Uh, I would love to. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, it's probably gonna be super fucking expensive. So yeah. I mean, I'm, and I, I was telling yeah. I was telling Catherine that if I were president of the United States and was in the later stages of my life, I would do it because I wouldn't want to risk like my family yeah like i wouldn't want to go with my family actually i would either go with my family early on so that if something happens we're just all wiped out or um alone at a very older age at a very Mm. like you know late stage of my life people are scared to travel alone like from like (laughs) state to state you're you're you're, you're gonna go alone to space (laughs) i mean i mean just i think it's one of those fantasies that's just you're like fuck i went to space and there's going to be massive FOMO. For I mean, sure. I'm curious if we'll see this in our lifetime. I think I mean, we will. I think we will. I think it'll be later in our lifetime, but I think we will because, really? I mean, yeah. I mean, it took SpaceX 18 years to send two I mean, people it to took space. It took us 10 years to send another person to space. Things are so fucked up on Earth that people are just going to be like, accelerate that. Let's go travel a little bit to space. Yeah. I mean, we're talking, it took 10 years from from, from this past one to the last one for it to happen. We're talking about it's going to happen on a daily basis at some point in our lifetime. I don't know about daily, but yeah. I mean, what is it going to be? They're going to give you like a tour of the solar system. I mean, that's fucking sick. I don't know about tour of the solar system. I mean, we're talking, Elon Musk is talking about colonizing Mars. I'm talking about, we're talking about people moving to other planets. I don't know. I mean, there's, there's real estate being sold already on, on hundred percent. No man. Check. Who, who people own real estate on the moon and on Mars and stuff. Who's the like body that enforces real estate on space? Mars. I I don't know. I'm down to buy. But I, I I've read that like a, lo- a bunch of celebrities and stuff um own real estate already. Really? How? <laughs> that's hilarious. I don't know. But would you buy real estate on Mars? Again, like that's a if we're talking we're talking long term investment. That's a long term investment. There's a website buymars.com, and there's Lunar Land is the world's most recognized celestial real estate agency, and has been selling on the planet Mars Man. for decades. Celestial. Real estate agency. Dude, I think that's a big opportunity. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like, it's you're you're looking at, like they, I'm sure they they have to like make money in the meantime. They're probably they're probably so still selling. The real weird thing owner. is, so according to the UN Outer Space Treaty of 1967, no government can own extraterrestrial property. So, in order to actually legally own property on Mars, there must be a legal basis of ownership established. 
And if governments can't own that sort of property, they can't establish laws that have to do with that property, meaning there's no legal basis of ownership on Mars. So whoever think whoever thinks they own real estate doesn't actually own real estate? Like in reality, yeah, because like I could go and be like, yo, Pat, like, oh, you bought that? I'm going to buy it too. Okay, what court of law is going to be able to litigate that matter? That's the UN you said said that? The UN's Outer Space Treaty. Wow. I mean, it's been happening for years. It's just crazy. I mean, like, because no one owns Mars. I mean, so, do we know that? Well, it says Article <laughs> 2 of this whatever says that outer space, including the moon and other celestial bodies, is not subject to national appropriation by claim of sovereignty by means of use or occupation or by any other means. In short, nobody can own claim, can claim ownership of Mars or land on Mars or do so with any other celestial body. Interesting. So, hey, man, celestial real estate, that'll be big. <laughs> that'll be huge. I mean, I don't not see it happening. I don't know if that'll happen in our lifetime. But I wonder, like, are Earthlings going to take over and, like, at some point own these p- other planets? Or It's I mean, the same issue happening? as Earth, right? I mean, like, how do we first inhabit Earth and establish relationships? Well, depends what and you a, believe wrong, in. Oh, sorry. Depends right. what you believe in. I mean, right, Christians exactly. believe that God created the world exactly. and humans and other people believe exactly. that. That's a whole, dude, we got a whole Bang new podcast show called Celestial, like, Celestial. <laughs> the Celestial Hour. Like how we're moving from the Earth to other planets? Yeah, and just come up with all these fake stories. <laughs> I'm done. It'll be great. It'll be very entertaining. Um, but anyways, yeah, so interesting to see what happens. And, you know, I hope for a safe return when they do finally finish their mission. Yeah, and a lot's changed since the last time, so I'm I'm even excited about the content that they'll be yeah. that they'll be bringing back. Yeah, uh, Did you see that one conspiracy with the rat. Yeah, what was that? There, there was, was footage that there was a rat that literally ran on like the whatever pod that yeah. they had the space with once they landed. And obviously, there's no rats in space, so they're saying that everything was doctored. Really, like that they're actually not in space. Yeah. What if? It went with them from here to space. It wouldn't be able to survive. Hmm. Oh, right. That's right. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't see that. I was very upset when I saw the video. Huh. You should watch it. I feel like that video was a deep fake. Yeah. Was it a deep fake? Probably. Probably. I mean, they said a lot of things Has about the SpaceX moon landing. Has SpaceX and NASA said anything about it? No. They don't give a shit. I think, dude, they've talked about the moon landing being fake and that it was in a studio and all that shit. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe that's true. Wow. I want to believe it. I want to believe that it's true because I just think it gives me false hope. And even if it's false, it's fine. Uh, but it's hope. Um, we'll see. Watch that video after. It's funny. Um, we can quickly end with some podcasting news since we're the podcast extraordinaires here. Um, obviously, this news has all been overshadowed by all the other events that have happened in the past few weeks. But a lot of interesting stuff out of the podcasting world. The Joe Rogan Spotify deal. Uh, Amazon's planning on getting into the podcasting space. And that whole, I'm not surprised. Yeah, and that whole issue with Call Her Daddy podcast. Mm. So, where do you want to start? Um, shit. I mean, I don't know too much about what's going on with like Amazon and Call Her Daddy and that kind of stuff. Um, but we could talk about it. Um, we could touch on it real quick. I mean, I I'll say this: like, the podcast space is definitely really interesting to me because because there's so many people that are podcasting, but. I just feel like the current model is not sustainable. It's not. Something's gonna something's gotta change, you know. And and okay, so like Joe Rogan got a deal, hundred million dollars. Um, Spotify stock went up five billion dollars, so it was obviously worth it for them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're gonna host exclusively on Spotify with video, 
which is gonna be cool because I haven't seen video on Spotify yet. Um, besides those little graphics that you see um, for the music, so um, it's gonna be. I'm gonna. I mean, like, I'm excited to see what happens with that, and and if his podcast actually grows or stays the same or dies out. It's gonna. It's gonna go down. Um. But I'm also interested in seeing like what follows. Like, are 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 more and more people? Is this like some sort of one percent thing where the top one percent of podcasters are eventually going to be like what everyone consumes, or the same way like it is with YouTube or um, other platforms? Or are more and more people going to get deals like this, and how are they going to monetize it and get that ROI? Yeah, you know, I don't have a straight answer, and you brought up a lot of uh, very um very realistic scenarios um that might happen i think that what we'll be seeing is you know how we have different networks on television you have cbs abc nbc cnn all this stuff turner media whatever it is i think you'll be seeing a lot more of that but even those models aren't working anymore uh yes and no they are but they are but i think the, the the beauty of podcasting is is it is because it is that it's not run by any one network i mean like you said everyone has a voice no one has to be part of like a larger organization that has its own politics like you could say what you want to say right it's more so how do how do we get podcasters to support themselves and make yeah make money and like have a have a have a backing and that kind of stuff like I don't know because as soon as you start bringing networks in, then you start bringing politics in, and now it become what TV was, you know, and right. and what the movie movie studios right. are, and, and it looks like content wise, we're, we've we've moved away from that as much as possible. I mean, it's still there, yeah. but it's not they're not as powerful as they once were. Right, and that's what it seems like. But it seems like it's also coming back because it's, I guess, it was easier to monetize. I mean, like Joe Rogan doing this deal is a sign of that, like. Where he literally was like, nope, I don't care about open podcasting anymore. Like, I'm gonna take the money, which is yeah. fine, good for him. But what that does now is other companies are gonna have to compete for more market share. So that's where the Amazon thing comes in. Where you know, I think they own Audible, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So through the Audible platform, they're gonna start investing in audio creators, right? So whether they're authors or podcasters or whatever. Apple Podcasts, I feel like, is going to eventually do the same thing because they did that with Apple TV. Now you have specific Apple TV shows or whatever, right? So they're going to do that. You're going to have all these other networks that come in and they're going to do Facebook is eventually going to do that. They're going to launch audio, Facebook audio. Twitter is going to do that too. YouTube is going to do it too. Netflix is going to do it too. So now you have all these fang companies that are going to be in the audio game because that's just how it's going to be. And at the end of the day, the money is going to define the direction that it's headed. Do I agree with it? No. But at the same time, it does give people the opportunity to monetize their shows and again i think that platforms like youtube and apple Podcasts and things that have been free are eventually going to give way for you to monetize so yes you could be a singer on youtube eventually if you have a big audience aka you know like look at justin bieber you can get signed and then blow up right it's a great mvp i think for whether or not you could build an audience whether or not your content's interesting enough whether or not you're unique enough etc as a result, then you're going to be signed. I think we're going to eventually see podcast agents. I think we're going to mm. see podcasting merchandise. It's going to be like the music industry. Right. Um, I think. Whether that's right or wrong is a whole different story. But it looks like the Spotify deal um, is the beginning that's of That's interesting. But also, like, the way people consume podcasts is so different from music where I feel like it requires more time and energy to like commit to listening to like an hour or something versus right. like a song that you can like right. just play in the background and there's not much 
thinking right. or like actively like listening to be done. So it's interesting. Like it's interesting that we compare it to like how the you know music industry is or the movie movie studios are, where there gonna be agents and all that stuff. Like that, like I I do see that happening, but it I'm curious like how how they're gonna if they're gonna be able to do it at scale and at at the at a at a volume that's still making them money because if they if they represent as many podcasters as, as they do musicians or, or actors like there's no way that they're going to be able to make enough money to to cover for all those people i just right. because time is finite right so i i'm just like i'm wondering and then i mean at some point we'll it'll probably be like a one percent thing where one percent of the industry makes all the money and everyone right. else is like sort of on their own right well also another way to look at it is podcasting can be in another format it could be another sort of minimal viable product where you know people like you and i who are not i mean i guess at this point we could consider ourselves some sort of you know creators and journalists whatever but when we first started we weren't going to get a tv show right like nobody was gonna give us a tv show yeah but if you build a successful podcast successful audience people see that there's traction eventually you can have you know, the morning show on Apple TV, or you could have live with Regis and Kelly or whoever it is now, Ryan and Kelly, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's on TV or on Netflix or whatever, it can be, the audio can be that gateway to the visual format or, or audio can just be that end goal. You know, I don't know. You know, if you're Joe Rogan, I think for him, video is a bigger platform than audio. I think audio is a way to get in, but eventually you want to kind of get the video. So I don't know if that's going to change and what that dynamic is going to look like. I think that you have to create the opportunity. I think that there's going to be podcasters that are going to be able to position themselves to be, be able to do a lot of things and have merchandising and have products. And, you know, kind of, we talked to Gabby Dalkin recently and she turned her blog into, you know, a product type business. Mm-hmm. So it's how you leverage your audience and how you provide them a service or product. I think the key at the end of the day is building an audience. Um, and so podcasting allows that. It makes it easier to do that. Not easier, but it gives you an easier entryway into it. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see where it goes. I mean, that whole, like, Caller Daddy, for example, uh, you know, the main issue there was you had these two hosts that were, you know, two good-looking girls that started this podcast um, shortly into their whole podcast, Bleacher Report, not Bleacher Report, sorry, uh, Barstool, Barstool Sports, Sports um, ended up acquiring them, gave them a contract, and told them that they, they, they could negotiate the contract in three years. I don't remember the terms, but as the three years approached, the value, the market value of these hosts increased tremendously. And, you know, Barstool Sports was okay, you know, with Dave Portnoy specifically was okay with that. But what was happening was one of the host's boyfriends or fiance's husband, I don't know what he is, worked at HBO and was starting to shop around, call her daddy, even though the IP belongs to Barstool Sports. So that created this whole beef between Dave Portnoy and that dude that he's that he continues to troll every day he calls him suit man i think mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and it's just funny because dave porter is probably one of the funniest troll trollers of all time on like Twitter yeah and he's, he's literally whatever. built his whole he's like, career on trolling. I, and i agree with him frankly i agree with a lot of things dave porter says it says i i think he's right on a lot of issues uh and long story short one of the girls agreed to continue and renegotiate the deal the other didn't so now call her daddy began again and it's just one host. Hmm. It's the one whose boyfriend didn't cause the ruckus. Um, and there was all this beef from Scooter Braun and Taylor's. I mean, I don't know. It just got messy. Yeah, I saw that. But it just, you know, it's funny because a lot of people reach out to me. And they're like, oh, we want you guys to talk about this on After Hours and like the business impact. And I think the business impact is kind of what we touched upon is the whole podcasting space in general. Well, I feel like this is like not a, I feel like this is like an isolated situation. And Dave yeah. Portnoy is 
using his platform to yeah. um i mean he's taking advantage of the situation to market it he's right. a, he's a brilliant marketer dave Port- yeah. Portnoy. so i see this as him just striking on an opportunity to uh put this out there and 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 show people what's going down right. as a form of entertainment i don't for sure business wise i mean it's pretty clear to me like i don't think he gives a shit it's pretty pretty clear to me like if he owns the intellectual property for a podcast that he purchased then he has the the ability to do whatever he wants with right. it and no one outside can go and shop it around when he owns the ip nope. i mean that's that's gonna be very easy to to settle in court but uh, you know it's it, it is entertaining to see you know, and it's entertaining to watch, but I don't, I don't necessarily think it has anything to do with what's going on in the podcasting space because truth is, like most podcasts, don't even get to that point where they even have been acquired or right. that kind of stuff. Exactly. And I'm, I'm more curious, like how podcasters can continue what they're doing, but also, you know, uh, have some sort of support, whether it's financial or anything else. Like, and like you said. It is a it is a platform where people can have the opportunity to share their voice, and if they happen to build an audience and people like what they're talking about, then the opportunities are going to open, like the doors are going to open, whether it's networks or sponsorships or this or that. Um, For sure, but I, I think we'll see more. I think the Joe Rogan deal was a was a great deal for Spotify, and I think we're going to see more and more of those. Um, yep. I think a lot of these bigger podcasters who are independent right now, or even not, I mean, networks can sell shows to other networks. But like you said, I think like, yeah, Apple's, Apple's just like, wait, I don't know what Apple's doing, but they're going to get into the game ASAP because yeah. Spotify is like quickly trying to take over and Apple's just not doing shit. And they, right. they started, I mean, podcasts were, 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 word. and the word pod is from iPod. Like they were designed by Apple. Right. They weren't created by Apple, right. like the whole. It's uh, podcasting stems from blogging, which stems from RSS and all that kind of right. stuff. But like the whole concept of the podcast was created by Apple, so they're gonna have to do something, and we'll see what they do. I think they will. And look, Spotify has money now, and they're making money, and they're doing well. At the end of the day, I mean, we know seventy to eighty percent of our listeners are still listening on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. I think it's only a matter of time that Apple just makes a move. I think they will. I don't know if they've invested really in their podcasting division because there's not really a revenue model there just yet um for spotify i mean there kind of is with the advertising but because apple doesn't own any of those shows they can't really take any of the ad well but they could take the youtube model where they work with the advertisers and they advertise on right but then they would become a content company which apple has never really been but i think they will become they do have shows and stuff that's right well they be they are becoming they're becoming a content they're, they're quickly yeah. They're quickly transitioning because they realize there's only so much hardware right. they can innovate. And I think sell. what they're doing, they're, they're just waiting for others to uh, do sure. the do the dirty work and yep. like innovate and get it to yep. get them get the um, the podcast space to a point where there is a monetization strategy, and then they're just gonna like for just sure. follow they're suit because they own the platform. Yeah. So at any moment they can strike and yep. they will. Yep. Like Amazon doesn't own a, the platform, but. They're getting into podcasting too. Like, yep. every, they're they're gonna get into anything that where they're yeah. Google's in it. I mean, everybody's in it. But Amazon specifically, like, they're not an they're not the everything store anymore. They're they're everything. Right. right. They're not even just a store anymore. They're just they're getting. Yeah, you're into, not gonna go to them for podcasts. Like, they're not the brand for podcasts. I think Apple is still the brand for podcasts. Right, but like you said, that they can produce podcasts. Yeah. The same way they produce movies. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they're not even gonna do it. They're gonna work with other people that do it. Yeah. That are exclusively signed to them. Same right. with Netflix. I mean, it's Netflix originals. 
It's going to be Apple Original Podcasts. It's going to be Spotify Original Podcasts. I think you're going to have Netflix Original Podcasts down the line. You're going to have Google Original Podcasts. Yeah. The same way, like, in real estate, it's like a land grab. In this case, it's going to be an ear grab. Like, all these places are going to just be competing for people's time and attention. And, um, like, any other uh, situation like this, like, the best content's going to win out and Mm -hmm. good content's going to rise to the top. And, um, I mean... And you know what? Discovery has gotten a lot better. Uh, I was actually on Apple Podcast the other day. I don't know if you've checked it out yet. If you search a specific term, mm-hmm. yeah, I saw uh, that. It'll show you the transcript of the podcast. Oh, really? Where it's mentioning that word. Mm. So if you mention, like the other day, I was searching cloud kitchens, and it gave me like fifty different like places where it said like transcript blank 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 word whatever whatever cloud kitchens highlighted, and then boom, and then so you just go Apple's click on transcribing it. everything now. Yep. Wow. Yep. That's cool. So if you search, you know. Black right, Black Lives Matter. You'll probably find a lot of podcasts now. Yeah, but you could see which podcast like specific terms that were mentioned. Yep, even yep. though it's not in the copy Correct. or the headline or anything Correct. like that. That's cool. It's from the podcast podcast transcript. That's awesome. Which is pretty cool. They must have bought a transcript company. Probably. Yeah, I don't even know about it. So things like that are that's pretty a lot of fucking that's amazing. a lot of content to transcribe. So. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Well, it's been a fun, fun show. <laughs> yeah, this is this has been an interesting one. Um, just to wrap it up, you know, yeah. um, as, as dark as these times are, um, I think we, we both remain optimistic and, um, we know that change is coming and it's just a matter of, you know, people putting forth that change and doing it in a, in a, in a peaceful manner and without violence. And, um, I think that like we said, like, I'm, you know, I'm willing to bet on human beings over anything else and that we will come out a lot better, uh, out of all this. And this is just part of the, part of that process. And, um, I encourage everyone to educate themselves and stay sane and, and, um, be careful of what you're consuming and, and form your own opinions and go out there and make the change happen, you know? So, I love it. I love it. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, we'll see you on Monday with a brand new episode. Let's do it.